All right, we're recording. Okay, so what's going on? This is a mid-card podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jake. <laughs> we're, we're from two different states, but we both love wrestling. I hail from uh, Connecticut, and uh, my buddy Jake here is from Iowa. Uh, we met, I don't know, how many years ago, Jake? Uh, dude, it would have been three years ago this month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We, we used to do some little tour and band action and, you know, we met and I think I busted Jake's balls more on the first tour than actually like talked to him and got to know him. But by the end we became pretty close because yeah. every time I've been out to Iowa, I stayed with you. You've been to Connecticut, stayed with me a time or two and yeah, just kept the relationship and Snapchat all the time about wrestling. Hell Yeah. <laughs> basically basically how it's gone for like the duration of our friendship is because we're so far away and i just like i had like six or seven i don't even know if jake knows this i had six or seven like bud light spike seltzers and i was watching wrestling and i'm like oh and we were me and jake were texting i'm like we need to start a fucking podcast because i found out jake was doing podcasts and i like bud light and i like talking about wrestling <laughs> exactly. with, with people who have been drinking bud light spike seltzers that's what I'm talking about. Spike Seltz, he's trying to watch the figure in this uh, quarantine. And what a better time to do it than with nothing going on at all. Of course. uh, There's nothing to do but watch old wrestling. Yep. The WWE Network can take my money. I do not give a fuck. But anyways, uh, WrestleMania 36, what did you think about it, Jake? Uh, It exceeded my expectations. I I thought they did a pretty good job. The first night, like, well, I missed the first night, so I had to go back and watch it. I saw some highlights, and, um, like, some of the matches, you could tell, like, there's no crowd there. But then the second night, when, like, the big shots were out and about, like, you could tell that uh, they did a good job of keeping the pace up and keeping the energy up so it didn't seem dead and there wasn't awkward silence. Yeah, I mean, all in all, exceeded my expectations not terrible yeah I'd, i would say the same i mean i I was watching the raws leading up to it and you know empty arena is weird of course it's going to be weird yeah um but for wrestlemania like you know like who wanted to be there with some of the matches like mm-hmm. you know it how many times you want to hear like michael cole talk about it being wrestlemania makes you want to blow your brains out a little bit Mm-hmm. Because it's, it doesn't feel like it, you, you know, you're not at Raymond James Stadium. The whole big intro to the whole thing was, like, way, like, it, it was meant to be on a jumbotron. And oh, yeah, 100%. It, it was, like, it was like frustrating because it's like, oh, my God, they have all this production value to start out, and then they go right into, like, an empty arena at the mm-hmm. performance center. And it's a bummer, but when you look past that and then you start looking at some of these matches, I mean, it was it was sick, like, I'm I'm glad, you know, some like stars got their day in the sun, you know, like Edge coming oh, yeah. back and all that. But it, it sucks to an empty arena and also mm-hmm. the Orton Edge match I thought was just like 20 minutes too long. Oh, and yeah. I don't like I'm not a big gimmick match guy. Like not I've always like yeah, like if you watch like the ECW and stuff, like great. Like I'm in, I'm into it of course. Mm-hmm. It's like history, but like I'm not going to watch like I just watched the New Jack documentary. I'm never going to watch those matches. I don't care who gets cut open. It's a gimmick to me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's the thing I like about ECW is, like, the opening matches, like Jerry Lynn and Lance Storm, like, the, the athletes, exactly. you know, the technicians. But, yeah, that uh, Edge RKO match, like, I, I like watching wrestling when it's happening in the ring. Like, when they mm-hmm. go out of the ring and, like, do a table bump or something, that's cool. But, uh, yeah, just uh, the, the funniest part about that match is when the cameraman took a tumble yeah basically it was like but it's how like it only that's the only thing that kept me interested in that match the yeah. only thing because it was so slow and i know they wanted to kill each other and it was last man standing like we'll see throughout the period of this podcast we'll see a bunch of these kind of matches where mm-hmm. the i quit matches and you know all the undertaker gimmick matches that always happen and especially one happening yeah. at wrestlemania but these the cinematic matches what i really wanted to talk about because it's so, it's going to be so different from anything else, you know, go into the broken Matt Hardy universe, you know, yeah. as you will with, with those two, the night one and night two matches and how everyone is blown away by them. I am one of them. Like I'm the biggest fiend Mark ever. Like I love Bray Wyatt. I, I love, love everything Wyatt. he he's done mm-hmm. he, coming out to code orange, like everything that that guy's done, his promos, he cuts like the dude just, 
I, I hope his like creative freedom isn't like held back. And you just hear about all these stories of the writers in the office, like calling the shots kind of thing. And Vince like pointing people one way and then you could notice it. But with this, I feel like it's, it's Bray Wyatt, you know, oh, this yeah. is what, what he wants to be and what he's doing. I yeah. feel like they're letting him get, have this creative control and it's paying off because everyone loves him and mm-hmm. everyone loves what happened to John Cena. It, it couldn't have been a cooler thing. It really, it really couldn't have. Yeah. I love Bray Wyatt. Uh, I, I, I just think the fiend gimmick is like what he, it's perfect for this time and place in his career and everything. And uh, I think it's all pretty genuine. I think it's all like, him with his creativity like that muscle man dance uh <laughs> yeah i love yeah. that it's like watching tim and eric it really it really is he has and he has that, that kind of like dark humor on yeah. top of like a bunch of horror references and shit that like i'll even show like my girlfriend who's a horror mark and she'll be like this is so sick and it's like yeah like i love i can't get my eyes off the tv when the firefly funhouse comes on yeah. and especially with that match like the Undertaker AJ Styles match, like, it's great because AJ Styles can wrestle in a ring tomorrow, mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna still think AJ Styles is the, the phenomenal one. Whereas if he fought the Undertaker in the shape he's in, like, as great as Undertaker is, he fights once a year at WrestleMania. Like, he even goes over in it, it at this documentary. I remember we watched. I watched a little bit of the documentary, and he goes over like, I can't be prepared for once a year. He's beat up every single year. Mm-hmm. The matches get slower and slower. Like, it's like dragging out an old dog to do new tricks it just doesn't make sense anymore yeah as much as i love the mystique of the undertaker and how much mm-hmm. i respect the undertaker and what he's done for the company it's it's time to hang up the boots and him coming back felt so forced i just liked it because it gave my boys gallows and anderson some tv time that's, oh, that's about it love gallows <laughs> and anderson who, who doesn't i mean yeah. if you if you watch two youtube videos on him or on them or listen to their podcast, which mm-hmm. I am a massive fan of. It's it's basically what I think about wrestling and how I like to translate wrestling, and that's cracking a beer, taking off your pants, and listening to them talk about wrestling. Yeah. And that's about it, but minus the beer right now because it's a little early for a beer. Yeah, I'm uh, fucking went for a walk and joined a LaCroix. That's your shit. I, I've never been a fan of them, and I never will be. And I remember going to your house and you having, like, four 12 packs of LaCroix like just hanging yeah. out and it's just it's just you drinking it mostly I mean I didn't see Jacob grab one or Drew Paul I know Drew Paul was drinking with me so it didn't really matter. yeah uh, <laughs> Drew, Drew, Drew dabbles with it Jacob not at all not at all that's why Jake's no. my man dude yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's my man love that guy I, I'm pumped to, to eventually have him on here but uh um, yeah yeah like the cinematic matches like all in all like we don't really want to kill you guys with detail just because WrestleMania 36 just happened. Mm-hmm. We're not, this isn't the purpose of the podcast. No. Um, purpose of the podcast is we figured go back, watch old pay-per-views, try to watch as many as we can and just talk about match by match, you know, find some oldie, but goodie matches. Yeah. Especially like in the mid card. I mean, mid-card I forgot heroes. about exactly. And that's yeah. what, that's the shit I love. Those are the, the wrestlers I latched on to. I mean, growing up, I was a The Rock super fan, and everyone had their their big-time wrestlers, but you mm-hmm. also had a soft spot for those guys in the mid-card. Mm-hmm. And especially the ones that never, like, you see CM Punk break out of the mid-card. You yeah. see Daniel Bryan break out of the mid-card. A lot of those guys stay in the mid-card or mm-hmm. drop. And those are the guys I love, just because you have you know the grind that they're doing, and they're trying, and they're trying, and they're trying. And the matches, by the end of their time, are so good but no one gives a fuck about their gimmick and we uh we get to see a lot of mid card names in this pay-per-view which is why i loved it i forgot how stacked this one was so we're what we're going to be talking about today is wrestlemania 20 um yeah well let's get into it go match by match we'll give a little bit of our own like Meltzer score kind of thing and just mm-hmm. you know move through it hope hope this uh brightens some people's day in this quarantine so let's get into it all right. It opens up with, like, um, I remember the intro being about the history of the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania. Uh, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, Shane McMahon's kid, like, the whole familia thing. Yeah. Giving you a soft spot for Vince. Impossible. Just makes you want to throw up. I love the, the WrestleMania intros and all the hype packages, but this one just, like, it was a weird one. And 
one man had a vision one man had a vision it's like yeah okay we i get it i've heard this story a billion times like i'm over it Mm -hmm. go into uh opening match which is the most over i've ever seen john cena Mm -hmm. in his career versus big show and Mm -hmm. big show he looked marvelous he did he looked (laughs) great he looks great. It's so funny because we, like the past 10 years, you've watched a broken down big show, mm-hmm. you know, move a little bit, do the world's strongest punch, that whole yep. thing, gimmick he was doing. And he, you know, he's always been a softie, but this was like an athletic big show. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I liked about Ruthless Aggression because it was like the last highly athletic stint for a lot of these guys, like especially big show and uh, all the all the big yeah. men really you know because mm-hmm. we'll see later with kane like especially yeah looked looked like he was doing so many steroids i mean this is before we'll get into it later with what happened and then testing did kick up but i mean big show just looked massive and john cena most mm-hmm. over he's ever been yes big show moving fast in the ring it was it was an awesome opening match it really was i think it set the tone for the rest of the night really did and especially with the crowd like mm-hmm. they were going nuts for cena and it's just so sick <laughs> it was like chain gang cena like i i wasn't a big fan of his rap thing because when he wins that american championship as you guys know the next day at raw he brings out this spinner belt mm-hmm. and <laughs> it is the ugliest belt <laughs> maybe in the history of belts it has to be besides like the current like 205 live belt which i can care less about yeah, it is a pretty ugly belt, but uh, I don't know. I, I like it when uh, new champs bring out a gimmick in their belt, like uh, uh, Daniel Bryan with the Planets Champion belt. That shit was tight. Of course, as a vegan. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Ugly ass belt, but still, I don't know. He, he fucking went over. The crowd was insane. Yeah. Badass match. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a sweet match. I, I'd i say, like, out of five stars, I'd give it a three and a half, four out of five. Yeah, I'd give it a five, yeah, with, like, all elements working in its favor, being a title match, John Cena getting over Big Show being athletic, the crowd. Yeah, definitely a four out of five. It's as good as an opening match as can get. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's how you start off at WrestleMania. Every year, really, at WrestleMania, I feel like the opening matches are usually – like a strong epitome for how the night's going to go. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be eh match and the WrestleMania is going to be eh as the past couple of years really have been. Yeah. Or um, just come out swinging. Like this is going to be a big one. All stars are here. Like it's WrestleMania, Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. the Mecca, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's quite a first match. Cena being the man being that over, which like a lot of people, if you rewatch it now, it's refreshing just because of the like the hate that guy gets. But you know, he's he's a great wrestler and he's one of the greatest ever. He's like the Hulk Hogan of our time. So, gotta respect him. You know, you gotta respect him winning the American Championship. And yeah, that that's all I got on that match. That was a really good match. Yeah, I really have nothing to add to that. That was a really awesome match. I don't know. I just love ruthless aggression era Cena. It was like what we were introduced to and uh the ruck fools thing that was awesome <laughs> great great character awesome character yeah free free uh m&m rap battling someone outside madison square garden before like a raw of some <laughs> random random guy it was it it was some goofy times for john cena but that was the best time to see john cena you know yeah i think so too all right and so we'll get into the next one. So what, what do we got? A fail four tag match? Yep. Uh, Booker T with Rob Van Dam against the <laughs> Dudley Boys against Garrison Cade and Mark Jindrick, mid-card nice. heroes, and nice. La, La Resistance, Rene Dupree and Rob Conway. We got some mid-card heroes in here against some we got, big names. We, we sure do. I mean, Rene Dupree <laughs> was like – I never hated like a group more. I remember growing up than La Resistance or like the Canadians mm-hmm. yeah. before like Lance Storm, like and Chris. I was just like, oh my god, these guys are on TV again. They suck, but they were unbelievable wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Great Ray wrestlers. Dupree, 
great wrestler Jindrak, as I like learn uh, watching the ruthless aggression stuff now about evolution. Uh, Triple H basically is like sabotaging Jindrak, saying like he can't be an evolution because mm-hmm. he doesn't take it seriously. Yeah, because he's Randy Orton's. Yeah, he's Randy Orton's boy, which is understandable. But yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta push the guy to the side. I think if you're in mentoring, you're evolution was supposed to be on mentoring the the young guys to bring them up and you just after a couple car rides threw it out yeah you know i don't understand that i'm all for giving someone a shot and like talking to them and seeing like feeling it out like if he is a party guy with orton like try to fix it and if he if you can't by the next couple house shows because you guys are doing house shows so hard around that time it's why brock lesnar left in the first place Mm -hmm. then you know, you don't just try to get Dave Batista back in. I'm glad he Dave Batista got back and was in Evolution, but yeah, you know, Jindrak, this is one of the few matches that like he does, he's great in it, and he fades away after. He really insane does. athlete, unbelievable athlete. I, th- I know, think he may have been like next to Booker T, best athlete in the ring in that match. Oh my God, absolutely! Yeah, because you know you got to pick up the slack for the Dudley Boys. As cool as the Dudley Boys are, they're still mm-hmm. like the gimmick. The gimmick wrestling team. The heel. Um, the heel. I mean, mm-hmm. I I was never a huge 3D guy, like, growing up, as weird as it sounds, because they were so over because of the, the Hardy Boys, Edge, and uh, Christian triple threat ladder match there. Yeah, insane. So, it's insane match, and the, and the Dudley Boys were a part of it, which was great. But it took for, like, Bubba, Bubba Ray to be Bully Ray and TNA and do, like, aces and eights. For me to be like, oh, this guy like is awesome on the microphone and yeah. Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> like, dude. Sons of Anarchy, Aces and Ace was Sons of Anarchy. It was Sons of Anarchy, and it was it. I mean, it ended up being a shit show towards the end because yeah, it was pretty hard watching TNA in the first place. Yeah, but Aces and Eights. When I found out about that gimmick, I was like, I have to turn this on. And Bubba Ray's the leader. What? Okay, I I gotta watch this, and it was awesome. For a brief stint, it was so sick. But even in like more recent years, when he's on Ring of Honor as Bully Ray, still really good on the mic. Not stale, awesome. not shot. Awesome on the mic. And if you go on his Twitter, he loves his Mad Balls, New York hardcore. And uh, as a hardcore kid, you gotta respect that. Yeah, he holds it down. <laughs> he holds it down. He he's a real one. So you know, ups to them. But I mean, La Resistance, Jim Dragon, Garrison Cade, they carried the match with they were the ones always in the ring you know yeah booker t and rvd come in do do a couple big spots you got bubba ray devon coming in do a couple big spots but it's mostly you know you got dupree's i think was in the match longest with, mm-hmm. with what i saw yep. what i remember because this is off the the cuff no cuts just besides when we have poor connection <laughs> yep. and while watching uh Jindrak fly i mean I, I I wish the, the the belts changed hands at the end of it because if you have a guy like Booker T and RVD who are great singles wrestlers, besides when Booker did Harlem Heat, mm-hmm. um, it really really doesn't make sense. It, it's like one of those matches where it doesn't make sense for the title to be retained, but it did. Yeah, kind of been an ongoing trend with WWE forever. It's like why give the title back to someone when you can get these other people over who had a great mm-hmm. match. If they're wrestling in WrestleMania, they're worth a shot, you know? People want to see them. Yeah, and especially if you have La Resistance, who I'm sure they've won it in their time. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm almost positive they did once or twice. But what's better than you let the ultimate heels, American in like every redneck in the ring hates La Resistance. Because they're French. Um, they're French, like F Americans. Like, do that. Like, let's, let's, let's see that change. And, Let's give, give a big heel push because it maybe lets younger uh, tag teams in the division step up. Like, mm-hmm. maybe Jindrak and Kate could have been something. Who knows? Who knows? Jindrak could have definitely been something. Could have been huge. I yeah. mean, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's maturity. And if, you're, if you cross a veteran, it seems like, with the years I've watched documentaries and you watch the old people shoot on people in the weird grainy YouTube videos. Uh-huh. Like, as soon as they could put down young, young talent, they do because they're scared for their job. I'm not saying Triple H was scared for his job because he is the boss's son-in-law. <laughs> I'm just saying he, he could have spent more time with 
Mr. Evo, you know, Mr. Evolution, Mr. He loves his factions. He's all about the two sweet. He loves it. But at the end of the day, he doesn't want to bring the like the young up. Doesn't make sense. And now he's doing NXT, and it's like hmm, you kind of contradict yourself, then, bud. He really did. Maybe he learned a lesson. Maybe uh, when he saw Jindrick walk out the door, he was just like, "Damn, I could have done something there." And uh, he'll never admit that, but maybe. Yeah, I I hope so. But I mean, I give that four way match. I'll, I'll say like three stars. Yeah. Really wasn't wasn't anything to jump off the screen. It was cool to see younger talent get a shot. Uh, also, the Booker T scissor kick to RVD frog splash. To so win. sick. It's so sick. It's, that's yeah. always going to get me going. I mean, if they stay in a team, I could see something like that. But, you know, they're, they're two great singles wrestlers. And I'm pretty sure RVD was, like, coming back when the – like, around this time, reboot ECW mm-hmm. coming to town. So, it it really, really shouldn't have been a tag team. But <laughs> their finisher was sick. Yeah. RVD and uh, Sabu were two wrestlers in ECW that made me really fall for, like, the getting cut open and the blood and hardcore gimmick, you know. Because they're also really great wrestlers who didn't just need a gimmick to get themselves over. Absolutely, and Sabu yeah. stayed with that. And RVD, I mean, towards like after a little bit of getting cut open, you really don't. Mm-hmm. You see him just do clean matches after. And mm-hmm. I mean, we'll we'll get into the the one night stand match with Cena eventually. Yeah, and that's like a top five match for me ever. Like that that paper that pay per view is like my favorite pay per view ever. But uh, we'll. We'll get into it another time. This yeah, is WrestleMania. Yeah. It's WrestleMania 20 season. WrestleMania 20. And let's let's get to the next one, which is a little shout out to Otis from uh, Heavy Machinery. A little little love triangle action going here. Yeah, with uh, Christian and Chris Jericho, and you got Trish Stratus who was looking so hot. <laughs> the puppies. The puppies. Oh my god, incredible! And you got two great wrestlers. I mean. All-time favorites of ours, I know, because I'm massive Chris Jericho guy. Love they Jericho. Out, I love Jericho and Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I couldn't think of a more vanilla wrestler. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, one hundred percent. Vanilla gimmick. He, he yeah, he looks like I don't know. I, fucking just his like his style. He looks way. More, he doesn't look like he should be that buff. Like, exactly. he, he's, he's a skinny man trapped in a buff man's body. I know. He's just a, he's a weird guy. And he, he's not that great in the mic. His mic skills are eh. like everything that I thought about Christian was eh. And that's how his career was. was yeah. eh. <laughs> Dude, the outfits he was wearing in the backstage cut scenes when they're going over the love triangle, just the yeah. most ridiculous shirts. Oh, like, like the silk, the silk shirts. Dude. The early 2000s were weird for fashion, especially if you're a fucking pro wrestler. I I guess so. I'd rather wear anything else in the closet (laughs) than what they were rocking. But uh, that that love triangle match was – it was good. I mean, you you have two great wrestlers who know each other, Canadian guys in the ring. Uh, Chris Jericho, of course, is nominal. I don't really see him do bad matches. He he just continued to transform himself through these years i mean if he's doing like four star worthy matches now at the mm-hmm. age he's at it's it's just a testament to like how the guy is just to like continue to transform himself really he, he can wrestle anybody and make it awesome yeah and that's kind of what happened here uh yeah he, he took he took the loss to christian and trish comes running out coming to save the day <laughs> and she's wearing like the heels and i the first thing I thought of, like, how are the heels not breaking? Because they're, like, the thinnest. Oh, yeah, those the tiny stiletto heels, yeah. Yeah, they're so thin. I don't know anything about chick shoes, but he uh, she hops I. in the – Exactly. She hops in the ring and continues to, like, friend zone him even more because it was, like, a friend zone thing, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Christian comes back in, hits his finisher again, and then at the end of it, Trish and Christian make out right at the right at in front of the WrestleMania sign, and it was disgusting. Dude, so sick! What a time to be alive! <laughs> what a time to be alive! You know, yeah. Wow, women in wrestling in 2004. Good for them. You know? Yeah, it's, it's they, disgusting. They took back one from the team. Yeah, <laughs> they, they sure did. They they had to walk so Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley could run. 100. <laughs> percent 
it, it, it sucks. But I mean, when Trish came back the other year, did you go back this year and do a match? I think. Or? Uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it last year? Yeah, like a SummerSlam, right? Yeah, it was something like that. I, I, yeah, it was something I like that. She, she had a great pay-per-views, yeah. Same here, and because some of them are such dog shit. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable, but she uh, she came back and looked pretty good, I remember, because it was mm-hmm. like, oh, she, she still has, like, in-ring ability. Oh, it's too bad that <laughs> they don't let her shine then. I mean, they'll talk about, like, her good moments, but mm-hmm. you'll notice with these women's matches, no one gave a shit. They were there for the puppies. It was puppies, it, yeah. The puppies. It was a it was a gross time for women's wrestling, but at the same time, like they had to they had to take the the bump. So you have people like Bailey now kind of running the show, and it's sweet. Yeah, very sweet. Uh, uh, women, yeah. like some of the women's matches now, like the NXT women's matches, are always insane. Like Bianca Belair, super oh great God. athlete. She she's jacked more jacked than half the the men's yeah. division. It's unbelievable. She her I mean Ripley and Flair like that. We we were talking about before we hit record, like that was our favorite WrestleMania match. Yeah, pretty much. 100%. Like they came out, Ripley was yelling and screaming and selling shit the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, unbelievable. They both looked great at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And also, Rhea Ripley was wearing like Dragon Ball Z Vegeta gear. I noticed, and that was pretty cool. CrossFit Jesus outfit, dude. CrossFit Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, Jericho Christian. Um, I'm going to give it a three out of five star again. Uh, great in-ring performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Storyline's awesome. The storyline I'd give a, a four because, mm-hmm. like, that that's what we go for. Like, you saw the Otis thing just happen. Shout out Midwest Hardcore. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he got the girl at the end of it. Like, it's, it's all, we're always going to fall for the Jerry Springer shit. Like, is he going to get the girl? That's always going to be a theme of WrestleMania. And it's I the drama. It. Yeah the drama and that's just why we watch entertain it's entertainment it's wrestling it's soap you know? opera for jocks soap opera for jocks is that yeah and, and then after this match we get into like i'm not even going to mention like the jonathan coachman stuff during this where like coachman's looking for the undertaker and then bumps into okerland and bobby yeah. the brain getting out like I, was, let's just buy that was it was funny but like 86 nah. uh, yeah 86 it we're not talking about yeah. the like I can only talk about so many cut scenes that I remember, and this one I remember too well, and I don't like it. But then we no. get into uh, them interviewing Mick Foley. Mick Foley's back to face the evolution, and here comes The Rock, and The Rock electrifies as The Rock always does. And lights it up. Lights it up, opens up the door. There's everybody, the millions and millions. But what I love about The Rock's promos and everything, when they got out there, they were chanting one name, and that was Foley. Yep, 100%. <laughs> they were cheering for the Long Island boy. They're cheering for Mick Foley, like The Rock. They were like pumped, but they're like, hey, just go back and do the Scorpion King Seven. Like, just go, leave. Was it Miss Mrs. Foley's baby boy? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, the the Rock and Sock connection. It's a all time great faction, and they come out to face you know Orton, Batista, and Ric Flair. And it the cool thing is seeing Ric Flair wrestle and hold himself in a match really like he was he looked he good was, oh he looked great and he was crushing it like being able to do the strut gimmick the, like bullshit like with the rock and then the rock going my, back and forth yeah it was my favorite part of the match you got Orin, who at this point is like cocky and mm-hmm. intercontinental championship on his arm and he he looked great you got batista like Batista, you notice in that match, he's still trying to figure out how to wrestle, <laughs> and that's yeah, he, scary. He just he, he's just a fist. He's a human fist. Because he gets in there like fully got in there, and the you could see the moves going slower and slower mm-hmm. because Batista just didn't know what's going on, and Mick Foley is always very slow because he's not an athlete. <laughs> you know, going to do he did like. I think The Rock did like seven DDTs just to Batista, just to be like, I don't know what this guy knows. I don't know what kind of bumps this guy could yeah. take, you know? And that's how you see with like Batista that match. That's like my only criticism really with this match. Like, you know, two on three handicap, you know, the evolution's going to end up pulling it out somehow by mm-hmm. cheating or whatever, but it's, it's two on three. I know it's the Rock and Sock connection, but how good is the Rock, like the Rock, you know, he was gone for a couple of years. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, He's at this point almost completely out of the WWE. This is like one of his final goodbyes. I, I, comes back. Yeah, 
I think uh, with the Rock and Sock connection, especially with Mick Foley, like, uh, I don't know, it made him seem like a regular part of the roster. It didn't seem yeah. like some, like, novelty because he wasn't in the main event. He's in the middle mm-hmm. of the card, you know, mm-hmm. like Ric Flair and The Rock and Mick Foley all in the ring together, not in a main event, which is pretty awesome. It's not near the end. Exactly. It was, you know, it was the fourth match on the card out of, you yeah. know, 12 matches. Um, yeah, it's- yeah, I, I thought it fit really well. Um, I was never a big rock guy. I was more of a stone cold believer, but he he, he got everybody over, and I thought it was a great match. Um, I'd give it a I'd give it a two out of five. Yeah, I'd give I'd give it again three out of five. Just stay consistent with my three so far. Yeah. Uh, all the big names couldn't ask for more big names. Uh, rock putting people over. Wrestling match was good. Like, mm-hmm. flare the flare and the rock st- stuff was so sick. I could have like, just watched the that rock match. was doing. Yeah. Oh, it was it was awesome, and, and that could main event any pay per view that year. That match itself and mm-hmm. and burn the house down. Like they, it was the fourth match of the night. You know, mm-hmm. and we're just getting we're just getting started here, but then we go into maybe the best match of the night, the evening gown match. You know, you got Sable and Tori Wilson. Versus Stacy Keebler and Miss Jackie, like whoa, what a match for women! <laughs> I know. It's, uh, we're about to see some high flying athleticism, some great bumps, some great pops, uh, some electric commentary from you know, yeah, Jerry Lawler, Taz. I think Taz called that match, but yep, uh, really, really, you know, wholesome match. Sable and Tori Wilson pull it off. What a what a great match. I'm not even going to rate this match. It's going to get a zero from me. It's so bad. It's going to get a zero from me, too. It, uh, yeah, fucking, I don't know. I don't like talking about this type of stuff in pro wrestling. It's just like... It's like the dark... It's really the dark stuff from, like, what was awesome WrestleMania. Like, I, you, we'll, it's a recurring theme. We'll be getting into it every week, probably, with yeah. how, how, like, Vince is just pushing down women even more. Uh, it sucks because like now we're we're so lucky now to have what we have. We really are. We really like, are. And like I don't know, ruthless aggression was kind of like the phasing out of this, but this is definitely it's, uh, it still was really relevant. Yeah, like, very relevant. Like at this point, when like stars like Lita and stuff, they they're getting like they're in men's matches now, mm-hmm. so they're taken more seriously. Like that didn't need to happen, you know. You didn't need, but you didn't need to sign people that were all former Playboy models to just get, go out in the ring and, you know, strip down and do whatever. I'm not saying like Sable was a bad, like a bad wrestler. She probably was fine. She was good in the '90s, I guess. I don't know because I didn't care about women's wrestling then because the WWE never gave me a chance to care about women's wrestling mm-hmm. until ten years ago. Really? Yeah, it's very I mean, fair. It is. It sucks, but we're just gonna like breeze by that one real fast. So, uh, mid card legendary match oh, here. My God, the cruiserweight dude. open. It was. I love this. It. Is why this podcast exists. This is like, oh my God. So we have Ultimo Dragon, Shannon Moore, Jamie Noble, mm-hmm. Funaki, Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio, Tajiri, and Chavo Guerrero. <laughs> oh my god it is <laughs> i'm just mad that the ultimo dragon wasn't in there for longer because he Me came too. out the gates electrifying and he's not a wwe guy and it was so sick to see someone from overseas get their time in the sun really i think uh jamie noble probably would have had the most in ring time out of yeah. all of them yeah yeah and his denim his denim tommy shorts so sad. Denim, the denim Tommy shorts, just like, coming out, then, looking like an uncle. <laughs> as like, I don't get the push they made for him. I really don't. And and him like defeating Ultimo Dragon, like right off, like right when he gets in the ring, it's like, oh, this doesn't fucking make sense <laughs> at all. No. None and then you have like, sense. yeah, Funaki jumping off the top. Jamie Noble just rolling him up like Whoa. I'm a I'm a Funaki believer. Love Funaki. Wish he could have gotten a little more in-ring time, not just in this match, but in his entire career. Oh, same here. And that was it. Well, this match was an instant pin for him. Yeah. Which is like, wait, what? What is going on? You know, 
it it really was like the perfect like mid card like match. Like I I couldn't say enough great things. This is when Rey Mysterio was like an, an athlete still and really cool. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll be honest, and I will you will notice this throughout the course of this podcast. I'm not a Rey Mysterio guy. I never was. I kind of been bitter about Rey Mysterio people for my whole time being a wrestling fan. I respect what he did in the ring, but when like my name, na- my neighbor who didn't watch wrestling growing up is co- coming to like basketball practice with a Rey Mysterio mask on and everyone's wearing the shirt. I grow bitter against those people. Cause like, you're not watching Monday night raw. Like I got, I got in trouble as a kid staying up late watching Monday night raw. And I don't like Rey Mysterio. Like I stay up watching SmackDown. Like, come on. Like he's not that great. I don't get why he's great. He was great. And during Roots aggression, he was great. Yeah. But the, it was the fans that pushed me away. I mean, it's like now in like music scene, like there's a, a couple certain headline bands that people be like, yeah. oh, they're, they're not hardcore. They're not legit. And it's like, no, they're now years later, I was that guy. I'm like, oh, no, they were sick, you know? So that's my take on Mysterio before. So Posers ruined Ray Mysterio for you? Posers ruined Ray Mysterio for me. Like, full fledged. <laughs> that's fair. I don't know. I've always been, I, I love, uh, I love his style. I love every wrestler that has has his style of wrestling. I don't know. It's just yeah. like a lot of high spots, really athletic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ruthless aggression was like his uh, prime, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And this was like right before he really got over. But uh, yeah, yeah, because in ruthless aggression, he could. We'll probably get down the line here, but like there's a match he has with JBL that I really, really like. I, I think I know what kind of match yeah. you're talking about. This is also the time with like the Eddie. And Mysterio legendary feud there with the, the mm-hmm. Dominic thing. I was I was actually at one of the SmackDowns when that rivalry was going on. Where at? It was in the Almighty Bridgeport, Connecticut. I love Bridgeport, you know, dude. Oh, it's it's the land of a thousand dreams. It's yeah. the greatest place under one of the most dangerous cities <laughs> in the world. I remember but driving saw, through it. Oh, it's it's electric, right? It's electric factory. There's yeah. so much going on, you know the big smokestack but i was in there and this was like the same time i forgot what feud undertaker had but undertaker used to pop out behind people's seats (laughs) and (laughs) i when as soon as his music hit i was like i duck right down with my little brothers because my dad took us like our first smackdown and i'm like oh shit where's undertaker (laughs) but he he did not show up that night (laughs) i was like just just scared that he was going to beat my ass but this is the same time with the eddie and Mysterio, Dominic, Dad thing, and it was, oh, it was perfect. <laughs> it, was, it was a perfect time to be alive. But I mean, other than that, in this cruiserweight match, the person who most uh, like got me going, like who kept me on the match, was Billy Kidman. Oh yeah, it was unbelievable. It's and it's style. Like, oh, and how how did this guy not get the push? Like a push. He's two hundred six, like fifty pounds. He looks, he looks jacked in the ring, and he's doing a, I, I would think a shooting star press that was the second most dangerous shooting star press I've ever seen at WrestleMania, behind Brock Lesnar. Oh God, <laughs> Cause dude! Because Billy Kidman came down. I'm like, I think he broke his neck. And that was me watching it now. Like, uh, oh no, I really like Chavo Guerrero. Uh, always have. Um, yeah. Oh, I yeah. wish, I wish you could have gotten over a little bit more. Uh, Billy Kidman, like Funaki, Kidman, Noble, Guerrero. Tajiri. Yeah. Tajiri. Yeah. Well, yeah, I love Tajiri in ECW. Like, I think. It, was, with, yeah. With the, like, the green mist that he did in the match. Yeah. And he also like, had really technical matches, you know. It wasn't, mm-hmm. none of his stuff was really gimmick matches. Like, he had them, everybody had them, but he had really fucking good matches. Yeah. Like, the only person who I don't know anything about and didn't really get over in my head was Shannon Moore. But that was yeah. a quick, like, Ultimo Dragon took him out and did a thousand sick moves with yeah. no botches, like, little to no botches, which is, like, hard to see because you see Sin Cara when he showed up doing, like, a, a million Enziguris and all sorts of high-flying moves, and you see botches everywhere. But with Ultimo Dragon, there's no virtually no botches. The guy perfect. is perfect in the ring. And it, it stunk that Jamie, Gene Schwartz, Jamie, Jamie Noble took him out, but... Mm-hmm. Like, uh jamie noble's character is something else but i give this match because this is the mid card this is why the podcast exists i give it five stars yeah i give it five stars too it was <laughs> it was how many we had 10 wrestlers one two three four 
five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, we have ten wrestlers yep. doing a match. And we didn't even talk about Nunzio. Yeah. The full-blooded Italian. Dude, (laughs) again, the FBI from ECW. I love the FBI. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you not give five stars? (laughs) Um, Yeah, they they had 10 guys wrestle in under 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was all high-flying and all electric. And the cruiserweight, again, getting squashed by the whole world. But, you know, they had at least a match at WrestleMania. It was 15 minutes, and they brought it. It was awesome. I wish the uh, I wish the uh, cruiserweights would get over like this now. There's some really good cruiserweights. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, it takes for them to be out of the division and then get pushed like separately. Like Cedric Alexander is the perfect example. Yeah, is amazing wrestler. A, amazing wrestler runs the division, gets out of it, breaks out a little bit. They start to push him, but they don't push the division. You got wrestlers in there still. They're like. This is why you you have Pac and ECW. I mean, in AEW, mm-hmm. you know, it's for simple reasons. Like they put these guys. I I know when coming to any like Raw or SmackDown, they have the main event or Two Hundred Five Live on, and they put on a couple mat like two quick matches, mm-hmm. and then recap last week's SmackDown. And it's like, well, I much rather watch these guys do a couple more matches. Really, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's but, all high flying. It's all super athletic. It's it's awesome. It's it's what what TNA got when with AJ Styles and stuff and the start the X division being pushed mm-hmm. like that. That's what needs to happen in the WWE, and it just blows my mind that they haven't caught on to that. Like maybe we we need this kind of athlete now because you see Ricochet, but then you also you see him get squashed in Saudi Arabia and not coming back. It like I have a lot to say about the cruiserweight division. <laughs> also, uh, Humberto Carrillo. That dude is a really good wrestler. Love watching his matches. Um, he awesome. had that uh, thing with uh, Cien Almas. So yep. great. So good. Oh, it was awesome. And you, you yeah. like Andrade, who's going to be like that dude, that dude's going to be the next Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, he really is. Six styles, ta- a character. And it takes for him to break out of the cruiserweight division. Now get, uh, now have a manager. And then like it'd be pushed like a whole separate way when it's like, you could have pushed him from the get-go and actually have a 205, like 205 live thing. I should have whatever cruiserweight title you need to have and put it on the, the mid-card because mm-hmm. it should be on the mid-card because, you know, like you have years of people like Brodus Clay and shit in the mid-card. Mm-hmm. You could have fantastic wrestlers do their thing because I know there's entertainment and I know it's the world wrestling entertainment and we love it as much as we hate it, but it, there's also moments where it's like, you know, you don't need to get great Kali out here again Mm-mm. when the guy can barely walk. Like, you're pulling Andre the Giant on him. and it's Exactly. Just, it's just annoying at this point when you have, like, younger wrestlers and talent wrestlers that are high-flying and exciting, and they'll, they'll get a pop. They'll eventually get a pop because Cedric Alexander did, you know. RVD yeah. was a cruiserweight guy. He did. But that's about that, and – we're gonna get into a maybe the worst <laughs> maybe the worst match in WrestleMania history. I'd say the second worst now. Uh, Goldberg. What'd you say is the first? Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. I think that oh that yeah, been, yeah. That, that couldn't have been any worse. And I get the circumstances and stuff. And to some people, it's like a hot take because it's not even a match. Really, they could have done that on Raw. It could have done it on Raw. They yeah. they could have just said like Roman Reigns did the bow out because of the coronavirus, and we completely understand. Not let's get the guy who just lost Intercontinental Championship to Sami Zayn to come out, do a couple running power slams, and take it from Goldberg because Goldberg's not a long term wrestler, and Goldberg mm-hmm. sucks at wrestling. He really does. His gimmick's yeah. great. The jackhammer is so sick to see, Dude. but. I loved his streak in WCW, his winning oh streak. Dude, it was I, awesome. It's, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, like my inner sports fan. I, I just loved that. I was like, he's undefeated. He's got a winning streak. Yeah, it was it was awesome. But this match we're talking about is Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg with Stone Cold as a special guest referee. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stone Cold made it awesome, and the crowd booing made it made it awesome. Absolutely. They know those guys are out the door. Mm-hmm. They know this match is so irrelevant, but, you know, it's WrestleMania, so you're going to have to have the big guys fight. They locked up about 47 times, and 
Jim Ross saying it's a modified whatever about 50 times. Like, oh, it's a modified spear. No, it's because Jim Ross cannot stand this match and mm-hmm. has to call this like disgusting match. And they're up against each other, you know, a million times. Like they, they can't like it's a movable force and stoppable object kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I get it, I get it. But if if Hulk Hogan, as vanilla as he was, go out there, Andre the Giant with a broken back and electrify for five minutes, then these two athletes, at basically the best shape of their lives, could have mm-hmm. done the same thing. Really, could have did. They could have did. A, a million F5s, a million Spears, two jackhammers. Mm-hmm. Lost opportunity for it. Brock Lesnar was over the WWE. You could see it in his face. He was done with everything. He didn't want to be there. Didn't want to be there. I mean, I get it. He was young and wanted to go try the NFL, which didn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then go to the UFC and, and be phenomenal because he's an athlete. He's yeah. an awesome athlete. But, like, again, I will give this – this is like another one. This is a one star match because it was a match and it happened. And yeah. I think it was terrible, but you know, Goldberg won. Stone Cold stunned everybody. Place erupted, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I agree. One star match. Um, when the action started to pick up, you got to see like how good of a wrestler uh, Brock Lesnar is and mm-hmm. see some athleticism on display. But I, that could have been the entire match, and it wasn't. It was, you know, five minutes of, you know, putzing around and then a little bit of action. Then Stone Cold ending it. Stone Cold yeah. uh, putting everybody over. Exactly. It, one of those matches where it didn't make sense, but it happened, and we're all happy for it. But uh, we'll move on from it because it's just yeah. not, not, a, a not a real – not a good match. And – We'll get into the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Championship match. Uh, some mid-card heroes in here. The yep. mid-card heroes. This is One why of my here. favorite mid-card heroes, Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> Nothing. I love the world's greatest tag team. Yep. You have APA, uh, the Basham Brothers, and Scotty Tuhati and Rikishi. Mm-hmm. <sighs> my question is, because I don't – I remember this match, but it's very vaguely than the rest of them. Who took the bump from Rikishi with – Rikishi's ass, and they went right out of the ring. Uh, was think, it was it Shelton Benjamin? I think it, it was one of some one of the guys from the world's greatest tag team, and I'm because that was the best bump in history. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> the best bump in 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 history. It the this match is mid card heroes. You got you got Rikishi and Sky Tuhati, which are the bigger names, but still mm-hmm. they were always mid card guys. They never yeah. were. Super over. Rikishi was over for a bit, but that's because he had a feud with The Rock. Like, yeah. So that's about uh, it. I mean, APA, APA, one one of my favorite mid card tag teams. Uh, absolutely, I think absolute badasses. Uh, yeah, really good wrestlers. Great storytellers. Love great storytellers. Bradshaw. Oh, me too. Brad Bradshaw and anything he's done has been like great. Bradshaw with the clothesline from hell, like it's. Mm-hmm. It's what hangman why hangman page is so big now because people like that coming out there doing simple moves but giving like a hellacious you know burst of speed and it is Bradshaw is always the man and when he was an APA he was a badass and then he went over to be the rich guy as JBL and you you love them no matter what he was a mm-hmm. heel but you loved them and th- this match like really what disappointing that doesn't go the world's greatest tag team because I like mm-hmm. to see Shelton Benjamin with something because that dude's an athlete and a half. Mm-hmm. I do Hadi and Rikishi retain and like this whole night it's just retain, retain, ret- everyone's retaining. It's yep. you know we're waiting for the big surprise. We're waiting for big surprise and we get it, but it's still like uh, I, give, I give it. What do you got? Oh, I was gonna say uh, Scotty Tuhati was straight wearing like motocross pants in the match and I love that. Uh, yeah, he's wearing the, the dirt bike pants. He got out of the yeah. Jinkos. Yeah, love love the style. Does the worm? You know the pageantry that Scotty Tuhati and Rikishi that they got themselves over with. Yeah, they just other than that, like really, Scotty Tuhati's not a great wrestler at all. No. <laughs> it's it's you know it's a shame. Bastion Brothers, pretty cool, still, like gimmick. It, it two out of five for me because mm. nothing's worse going to be worse than the Goldberg match and the, the the women's stuff of the night, but. Really, like, it was the tag team match that, like, eh, whatever, you know. Two out of five, you know, enough big names to, 
you know, it was a piss break match, you know, cry. Yeah. This match is happening. Everyone in the crowd goes and takes a piss. And basically, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go, go out there, you know, get take a, beer. a break, go get a beer. That's right, yeah. brother. <laughs> <laughs> Rug and roll. And, and it leads into, you know, the, the match of the night, uh, the women's championship match with Victoria and Molly Holly, uh, where the loser has to shave their head. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool, you know. That's high stakes. High stakes. What a what a great match. Awesome. I'm not rating it, and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> on to the next. On to the next one because well, I guess I, I I do want to touch on that. How Kurt Angle's intro into this next match uh, mm-hmm. happened while uh, Molly's getting your yeah. your head shaved. Yeah, that and, yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Ph- phenomenal. Like the, that. Yeah, that's a bright spot of the, that match. The match was no good because they were just – I can't I can't believe it. Kurt but, Angle got that match over. Yes. Yeah. You got Angle, – Angle got the women's match over, and then the next match happened. <laughs> yeah. So, Angle, Eddie Guerrero for the WWE Championship. These last three matches are some of the best WrestleMania matches ever, really. This was my favorite it, match of the night. This, this was mine as well. Yep. This is this is like epitome of Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle as and his best physical shape. You know, Angle's neck is a problem towards middle to end of his career. TNA, like it's unwatchable stuff. But this is like the Kurt Angle we know and love. Prime grappling Kurt Angle, just two high great, flying, two great grapplers going at it. Yeah, you could you just see it like they were elevating each other's game. It. Really like Eddie Guerrero retaining the way he did with the, the shoe coming off. Like Perfect. this is this is the True Eddie Guerrero. This is yeah, lie cheat steal. Like we loved it. He was so over in there. It was both were over. I mean the you suck chance coming down. Like as much as you want to boo Kurt Angle, you you love him. He's been mm-hmm. phenomenal since the nineties. He's a Olympic gold medalist. And then you have Eddie Guerrero who's been a Japan legend. And then him and Benoit did the things they did in WCW with, you know. Malenko and it was it was great and then they come in burn the house down and it's exactly what you want in a match and I give it five stars that was like a, a perfect wrestling match five stars never a dull moment in the match uh no it, and it told yeah. the story it did you know it did it, it really it really did because this didn't need a big like a package of like highlights and stuff this was just two over wrestlers just going at it you know no no priest cursor this just go out there and wrestle and it was great and uh one of the longest matches of the night and didn't feel like it because it was so high pace the energy was there throughout it it was it it didn't feel like it was slowing down at all like you could like or an edge thing we'll touch on 36 now Mm -hmm. their match took forever because it was a blow throwing into something and then both of them laying down Mm-hmm. This isn't the case. This is just wrestling at its finest. Two guys in great physical shape. And, like, it just shows how great of a wrestler Eddie Guerrero was. And his career was phenomenal. And he deserves all the praise mm-hmm. he gets. He really does. One of the best ever for the, the short time, really, he was in the WWF. E, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a top five for me. Uh, I'd say Kurt Angle, like, not one of my favorite wrestlers. But if you want to talk, like, entering talent, he has to be in the top ten. Yeah, it has to be. It's just, mm-hmm. it's unstoppable stuff. He was such a good wrestler. It's really great. And, I mean, five-star match really deserves it. And I'm sure it got a five-star star score because it deserves it. But uh, we'll get into the the streak, The Undertaker versus Kane. And The Undertaker came out, Paul Bear. There was, like, I remember coming into this match, there was, um like, where is the Undertaker kind of hype? He wasn't at, at wrestling shows. He was just getting ready for WrestleMania. This is like the beginning of Undertaker is a part-time guy, and he's been here forever, and this is the Undertaker. And Kane came out unmasked, looked Jack, thought he killed the Undertaker, that whole thing, and they put on a show. I mean, it was great. Uh, Undertaker walking the top rope. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, both looking – as athletic as they can probably the most athletic they probably the last time they looked really athletic uh i really Really, like this match you know um i'm an undertaker believer but pretty much Mm -hmm. up until ruthless aggression after that it kind of lost its uh lost its charm you know part-time guy 
part-time guy and it, yeah. it's how it's how it goes and he but this is the end of it this is a this is welcome back undertaker this is an american mm-hmm. badass undertaker it was it was really cool to see and athletic and kane looked great too like both wrestlers just looked great and it was this is when you have a, a movable force and stable object coming mm-hmm. out this is this is how it's supposed to go like this is how brock lesnar goldberg should have Yep, it's uh, the blueprint for a good pro wrestling match, especially as a big seven foot yep. guys they are who are they're limited in the ring. I yeah. mean, they do stuff that's like wow, like I I don't expect Undertaker to walk the top rope. He's three hundred something pounds. He's seven mm-hmm. feet tall. Like it, it really, it really is a blueprint for a great match, and it's why Undertaker is you know regarded as the greatest WrestleMania wrestler ever, which I mean statistically he is. Uh, always been into the Undertaker. Always will be. It's He's the man, Mark Calloway. But uh, I'll give this at uh, like four to five stars just because it's it's the last couple really good Undertaker matches that you're going to get. Yeah. He's going to do some good matches after, like the CM Punk. Uh, even even like the Brock match, like that was a great match. Yeah, really uh, Brock gave him a good match, you know, and Brock never Absolutely. really gives anybody a good match. Absolutely. So it – it was good, but you know, the really Paul Barry coming out was cool. Four to five stars, and yeah, we'll we'll move into the main event because this is like the reason why we're doing this pay per view. Triple Threat, you got Benoit, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Um, I'll I'll like preface this by saying like I I'm I disown like what Chris Benoit has done, and I can't like like this person for what he's he's done and i watched the documentaries and i think we all have uh but this was a very good wrestling match this was uh prime benoit uh Mm -hmm. honestly like my favorite era of triple h's ruthless aggression era my favorite era of Shawn michaels is attitude era um Mm -hmm. but i i think this was probably this would have to be probably top five match for all three of these wrestlers careers Absolutely, and it, it was like the perfect like. There, there was no allies here. Do you think mm-hmm. you know Triple H and Sean would you know buddy up against Benoit? It wasn't that case. It was just three strictly just, business. Strictly business, and it's it's what makes this this WrestleMania a legendary WrestleMania, which stinks looking back at it now. But at the same time, this is one of my favorite WrestleManias ever, and it's because of this match. Really, like a triple threat with Triple H being like. He's a he's a good good wrestler, but he's mm-hmm. always been a good wrestler. He's always been like a m- mid card wrestler talent, in my opinion. But with the main event look, main event look coming out to Motorhead, mm-hmm. like you unst- like unstoppable look, and he, and his promos are great too. So it, it, at the same time, it doesn't make it, when he's in the main event all the time every year up until now. It's like all right, I'm over this guy. Yeah, yes. Yeah. He's overextended his welcome. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I love Triple H, don't get me wrong, but at the same time... It's, Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut, baby. Greenwich. Uh, <laughs> it's it's annoying um, to see him push like so hard sometimes, but he did a great job in this match. And mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome. And you, Shawn Michaels is going to put on a show. I mean, Shawn Michaels got himself in that triple threat match by being this the Shawn Michaels of old, this... Montreal screw job, Shawn Michaels, the guy who this is why people in the locker room didn't like him because he's going to go under you because he wants to be in the main event. Mm-hmm. And this is how he gets there. You know, Benoit wins the Royal Rumble, deserves his shot. Michaels sneaks his way in, breaks up the, the contract signing, and he's in the match all of a sudden as a triple threat. Uh, glad it happened because it was a phenomenal match and they put on a great show. And mm-hmm. Benoit deserved that title. He full fledged deserved it. The dude's been a company man for that whole time. He never really had a push like that, and this was his shot. Yeah, and then him and uh, Eddie at the end, like sharing an embrace in the middle of the ring, it just tied it all together. Uh, really great match. I love that Benoit won it via Crippler Crossface. Yes. Um, that was my favorite part of all of it. Uh, I love a good uh, submission finisher. Um yeah, I think uh, Michaels wrestled the best out of all three of them this entire match, and he got split open and mm-hmm. uh, did his classic oversells. Uh, 
And he got split open bad. (laughs) Like really bad. His face was red by the end of the match. But after he got split open, um, hit hit him with the sharpshooter and he was running around the ring overselling and love a good Shawn Michaels oversell. Oh yeah. It's like a good player oversell. It's just yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's great. I mean, one it's it's a classic match in that moment, like you said at the end, is like one of the best WrestleMania moments ever that we're never gonna be able to relive unless you watch that WrestleMania. We'll never be able to relive. And it's kind of like, as you touched on earlier, its legacy is kind of soiled. Mm-hmm. And we can't look at it the same way as we may have looked at it when we first saw it. But, yeah. Yeah, like his, his, in, his in-ring talent is unbelievable. He's one of the best wrestlers of that time and one of the best wrestlers ever. But it's, it just comes with a grain of salt. You're not, you're not going to sit here and, uh, like, and glorify him, really, because – like of what the shit he did and put innocent people in his hands and, and murdered them. Like, you know, this, like I watched the documentary and all, and, and uh, if you watched it, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But um, it, it, it was shocking and it, it was upsetting, but at the end of the day, it just made my opinion even more strong. Like, okay, like really fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, I haven't watched the dark side of the ring yet. Uh, haven't really wanted to yet, but I'm sure I will want to uh, eventually. I'll get around to it. Um, but yeah, you know, in-ring talent, unmatched. That's really all I have to say about Chris Benoit. Uh, one of my favorite crowd signs uh, was shown while he was walking in. It was a big Canadian flag, and it said toothless aggression on it. So yeah. sick. So sick. Yeah. He, um you I mean it was a great time. You should watch those docs. Uh, don't start with that to. one. Lead into a season one because like I've watched great- uh, I've watched Montreal Screwjob and yeah. uh, I like that one a lot because I'm a big Breath of Hitman Heart fan. Oh yeah, who's not? You can't. You can't yeah, not yeah. That, guy. that guy was the man. I mean, he did like t- talk shit on the WWE after all that for the next like 20 years, mm-hmm. and it is annoying because you see him shoot on the WWE when I was like watching his interviews and I was getting into him at a young age. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that sucks. Like. Yeah, you can't you can't just like run your mouth on YouTube all day and like talk shit about all the heroes. Just like Montreal Screwjob sucked. Like the, that's not cool. The story's crazy, but mm-hmm. uh, let's move on from it because you're now you're talking about the WCW and how they buried you. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like whatever. Like <laughs> we got to be adults here. And you eventually came back and everything's good. But that that was a great doc. I mean, I'll give this uh, triple threat match. I'm going to give it four to five stars because I don't think anything was better than the uh, Eddie Guerrero match of that night. And I know we gave the, the Cruiserweight Classic five stars, but that's the mid-card. Yeah, that's why we're mid-card. here. Yeah, this we're is here mid- because of the mid-card. Yeah. Um, I'd say, you know, Chris Benoit and Shawn Michaels, for me, made it a five out of five. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Triple H and I respect Triple H, but I've never been a big Triple H guy, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, cuts great promos, comes out to Motorhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, he uh, not my guy. And uh, I'm going to give it a five out of five because I love, like, you know, not a big Shawn Michaels guy either. But mm-hmm. watching this match again made me respect Shawn Michaels even more. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that was WrestleMania 20. Yeah. All out of, like, if we're gonna rate WrestleMania 20, it might as well. I'll get. I'll give it f- four to five stars for yeah. the whole WrestleMania itself. Uh, you know, the the dark spots like were really saved by the matches, like mm-hmm. the, the weird Jonathan Coachman stuff. The weird like you have the women's matches that were just dog shit mm-hmm. and just terrible, and the weird like filler matches. We're made up by Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero. John Cena big show that opened up the night. The triple threat match. Like even that that cruiserweight ten ten man royal thing, those are the matches that just put over WrestleMania and why I consider it one of my favorites. And it's four four to five. Like unbelievable WrestleMania. Yeah, four to five. Really good WrestleMania. Uh I like watching wrestling because I want to see wrestling happen, and a lot of wrestling happened in this. It, it, it was a wrestling pay-per-view because we're going to get into it, uh, you know, in the next couple ones. There will be 
entertainment pay-per-views where you just want to throw up the whole time. And that's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to cover and hopefully we'll have some, some guests on. Uh, I'm not sure what do you want to cover next? What do you, do you have anything in mind? Uh, you know, I think we should dive into the, uh, the dark days of WCW because there, there are a lot of mid card heroes in there. I yes. think we should, we should pick something from like the year 2000 for WCW. <laughs> David Arquette era WCW. 100% Jimmy, the, <laughs> Jimmy King. That that's gonna happen. Uh, we'll we'll be sure to you know <laughs> figure it out. And till then, we'll we'll see you guys. All right, all right. It's the first Just... episode of the mid card. Hope you don't hate it too much. <laughs> Ring the bell.